So why did you want to start a podcast though? Start a podcast. Actually, like there's um two main like two inspirations like from a podcast in general. I always used I started listening to podcasts like two years ago, just under two years ago. And I was, it was mainly just motivational conversations mm-hmm. and like I was like, Oh wow, this is crazy and like um one time like um Alan invited me to his Coconut Talks podcast. Yeah. And um it was incredible. I was like, Oh wow, me? Why me? You know, like and then I just sat down and just talked about stuff that I did casually and then yeah, like yeah. it's just stuff that like I do on my day to day life and like mm. he was like, Oh, I feel motivated from like just hearing Listening, you and stuff. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, I just thought it was normal, you know. I thought everybody did it. Mm. And then like a few like a few months after, Cyril like um looks up like the stats on it and like he was like, Oh, you know, like that's like one of the highest listened to podcast yeah. uh, like episode of mm. most of the ones he's done so far and i was like really yeah and like i was confused and people came up and said like oh i like your podcast it, bro yeah. and i was like wait that's not my podcast that's uh, just a friend of mine's does it yeah. and like uh, and then like, i saw you guys start it and i was like yeah. wow like there's really a platform for malayalis that we really haven't like explored yeah. you know and like after I started doing it, people started coming to me being like, yo, Sib, like, um, it's great what you're doing. Like, it shows that we, like, our community is also capable of something. Mm, you know, sure. like, that's something I really wanted to push out there. Like, um, chase your passions, you know. I'm good at talking. If that wasn't obvious already. It's quite hard to uh, see that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come out. Let me ask you, so do you guys have, like, private conversation for a long time without the cameras and stuff? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, me and, and him, yeah. Uh, like we do <laughs> if we stop going on about something we always end up going on different tangents mm-hmm. that's a little thing that we have personally growing up as yeah. well he'll tell me a fact random fact i mean you know that godfather conversation that we had when we were in soho um last time we came there were so many he, he brought up like 20 oh, different yeah. topics yeah, yeah. Like, and i was so like <laughs> confused how you know all of this you brought up bodybuilding like certain like bodybuilders and stuff i was like how do you even know Bro, this information I, yeah what was the Godfather topic? I actually uh, forgot. It was, um, well, I'll leave oh. him for it. <laughs> I, think, I think we were, something came up about movies and stuff. And then the topic about Godfather came up and we were like, so I was like, I, I remembered a random fact about the Godfather. So uh, the director of the Godfather, uh, he has, hasn't directed screenwriter any, any mm. movie before that. And everybody was acclaiming about how great the screenwriting and direction of that movie was. But then, so he got imposter syndrome thinking, I've done nothing like this in my life. All I've done is wrote books. How can I be this good? It, I must be an imposter. Right, right, right. And then, uh, he, so he felt bad and he went and wanted to learn direction. So he bought some books to say about The Godfather. The first book that he opened said... If you want to learn directing, go see The Godfather. So some people are just naturally oh, talented. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah, I think it's like Francis something in it. Yeah, 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 and uh, like that on its own like sets a standard. You know, imagine you're trying to learn the field that you mm-hmm. want to like explore into, and it talks about you. You're just like whoa. Like, <laughs> I think we're I mean, all trying to like be like directors in a way, in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Trying to like, life. trying to like make a movie yeah, yeah with yeah. like your own lives in it definitely yeah, yeah. yeah i mean and not just that just like how you know how he gets imposter syndrome with mm. life you also got to like take a step back sometimes but sometimes it's just what's meant to be is meant to be you know what i mean mike tyson says this like um you know like well main character um situation where like um, he goes he always thought he was somebody and mm. then 
that made him prideful. That made him think that, oh, he's someone better than any everyone. But mm. then he started thinking he's nobody and then taught him how to be humble. Mm. You know, like... Um, you're on the best of both worlds in a way. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. The more you realize that you're not that special, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you, it takes the narcissist out of you, you know, like the self-indulgent person, which may, makes you think that, oh, the world revolves around me kind of mm. idea. And you start living life in a way that helps not just yourself, but to help other people. Yeah. You know, I actually caring about more than your own level. Yeah. Just to give context, a bit more context on the Mike Tyson thing. It's a direct quote that he said after somebody asked, oh, don't you get upset when all the media and everything portrays you as a, such a bad guy? But when I met you, you like so like good and so nice to us mm-hmm. like how, how do you deal with all negativity then he said before when i used to think that i was somebody i it used to hurt but then i humble myself and just r- remind myself that i am nobody and yeah. everything is much easier to handle then yeah yeah because i mean it's, it's our own pride mm-hmm. sometimes which leads us to actually get upset about the things which are said to us yeah but if we remember that at the end of the day, in the eyes of God, you're you're nothing, nothing. Like you're no matter how much you accomplished, yeah. it is nothing yeah. compared to what, how much power the Almighty has. So, you know what I mean. For sure. Tell me about your spirituality then. Oh, my spirituality, like it, I've I've been born into Christianity, and that's one thing I'd say straight up. But I knew of Christ. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew of Jesus. Yeah. And then I only ventured into it within the last year or so where i started understanding the religion itself and the faith and christ now i could confidently say i'm an amateur christian at least i used to just be a christian mm-hmm. but now i'm somewhat going forward to being closer to christ by learning and more more or less understanding yeah the faith the religion you know mm-hmm. and um it, it all comes down to questioning your faith i started questioning it more and more the more i started questioning it the more i got closer to god you know and that goes with everything and anything mm-hmm. like in life like you got to question everything until you question it you won't get the answers or you won't get to the spots you need to be yeah so you start looking for the answers you know i like this quote it's a curiosity builds personality oh, yeah 100%. definitely 100%. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd hate to become a person which isn't curious. Mm, How yeah. impressive would that yeah. be? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. What happened in last year for you to get into this? Did something happen or was it no, just nothing, a case of... Nothing crazy happened. Well, like, um, I was introduced to um, this specific playlist by a friend of mine. And, like, it was just um, a praise and worship playlist. But, like, there's some aspects of it made me feel peaceful. I was like, oh, hold up. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Like, And then, like... I, like, I dug into like some of the lyrics and I was like, Damn, these lyrics are hitting a bit too close to home. Mm. Maybe I need to think about it. And then one day I I told myself, you know what? I'm going to go have a confession. And like, um, I went and had a very strong confession. Like it was like something out of a movie, man. I walked into the church, I opened the door and like um, a lady comes past me and says, your turn. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I walked in and like, I see like the priest is sitting there at the altar well, the side altar, like, um, and, like, there was a chair in front of him. And there was a light shining on the chair from outside, like, from the windows. And, like, it was literally a scene out of a movie. I was just there, like, whoa, okay. I was, I had a whole long list of, like, stuff that I, like, obviously, like, um, 
the confession that I was going to make and so on. And like, I sat down and instantly, as soon as I started confessing, my first, first line that I read was burst out and lay. From that moment onwards, like um, I've only been pursuing Christ and why Christianity? Mm-hmm. You know, I asked myself, okay, well, yeah, all these religions give you options how to get to God. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why could I, why could I confidently turn to Christianity? And I started questioning it. And from my questions, like one thing I could realize was, all the other religions show you how to get to God, mm-hmm. and this one shows you what God did for you. That's when Jesus Christ died for our sins. You know, and the more I delved into it, the more I got close to scripture. And then it was just the dominoes of like stuff which happened. And then we did the three peaks challenge, um, all of us. And um, while we were doing it, I, on the Ben Nevis, me and like, I, it was me and sort of walking together about 200, 300 meters in. Like, I turned around and I asked him, I said, so like, people listen to us, don't they? You know, like, we're good at talking to people. We're good at, like, just talking in general. You know, mm-hmm. like, what if we spread the word of God? You know, like, and then Cyril was confused. And I, I was, I was tired. I was, <laughs> I was, I was exhausted. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, I mean, we're not carrying a current. So you had a this right now. thought while you were climbing up Ben Evers, yeah, the mountain. And like, um, I, I asked him that, and like, he was like. Yeah, okay, cool. We'll, uh, we'll we'll give it a try, and then like didn't think of it much, and then we'll climb the mountain. While we were climbing the mountain, like um, I was going up. Um, so at one point, one of our mates, like the five of us, started it. Three of us finished the whole three climbs. Um, so one of our mates, he, his knee gave in. So I went back to check on him, and like um, he couldn't physically make it. So mm-hmm. I just advised it would be best that he make your way back down because it might be more difficult to get you down from the top yeah down okay. i tried my best to like push him as yeah, yeah. far as we could but he wasn't keeping up mm-hmm. with like the slowest pace that i could put on just mm-hmm. to make it so like he he ended up just going back so i had to run back another 100 200 meters and then go back up that 100 200 meters well 300 meters to catch up with them and then one i, I even took a little shortcut which yeah so the bend never stand up path is like um you swivel around like um the footpath there was a path which says like you are advised not to take this path mm-hmm. and i was like fuck yeah let's Gonna do it, it. <laughs> so i started going there and then like um anson turns around and he sees me coming up and he's like oh that looks like some mountain guy doing mountain shit and then he t- turns the camera and he's like wait that's sibin <laughs> like yeah. i'm just i'm just making my way up there's other people like there's like yeah three odd like adrenaline junkies running down it that mm. way but like there was nobody coming up that specific way that i took and then while i was going up i caught up with these guys and i like i suddenly started getting really tired like oh, I'm exhausted. Like the energy that I was meant to use for the whole climb, mm-hmm. kind of used up trying to catch up with them. And like, um, I was like, okay, wait, why am I tired? I've got God by my side. You know what's 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 stopping me? And then like, suddenly I get this like burst of energy, and then I overtake these lot, and then I go up to the front, and then these lot turn around and they're like, yeah, we're joking, we joke with them, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's just quite coincidental that you started feeding them as soon as those two girls went by. Come on, man. yeah. So <laughs> these two girls walked past, and then like, um, it was similar to that time where I started walking faster, mm-hmm. but I not only caught up to them, but I also 
managed to keep my pace for another 15 20 minutes so like it wasn't actually because yeah, yeah. was like i didn't think of that but of then like it was just funny when they told me i was like okay that makes sense and then like um yeah. i told him and like later on while we get close to the peak we've got like another 200 300 meters he's been behind from yeah the, like, from the start i was at the back i was like <laughs> <laughs> like what, proper what, panting. Do you want to explain what three peaks is again? Is oh. that running up all three mountains? No, 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 no. It's basically like a climb up all three: Ben Nevis, Scaffold Pike, and um, Snowdon. Um, these are the three highest peaks in Scotland. Each of those countries. Each of these countries. Mm-hmm. So Scotland's highest peak is Ben Nevis. Yeah. Uh, England's highest peak is Scaffold Pike, mm-hmm. and um, Wales's highest peak is Snowdon. So these three peaks, we can. We attempted to complete in 24 hours. We ended up completing it 27 hours. Like, all, we have all the excuses, but we did it in 27 hours. But we had, like, food poisoning and, like, um, traffic as well, you know. So talk me through. So you woke up early morning, I'm assuming. You yeah. drove to the first mountain? Yeah. We didn't yeah. really wake up. We, we just went to the... We, we drove straight to um, Ben Nevis. Like, from the night to yeah, the yeah, next? Yeah. Night, night so to we, the we started climbing around about... Five? Yeah, five, so in the, five in the year. Was Ben Nevis the first mountain you climbed? First mountain yeah. that we climbed, yeah. So you went so got, we were from north to south. So, and then you came back down and you drove to the next mountain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scout Well, I didn't drive. Like, we didn't drive. Like, our yeah. colleagues, so, like, ten in turn, we shout out to ten and Ebby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, those two, like, volunteered to drive us up wow. and down wow, wow. the country. 19 hours of driving. Yeah. And eight hours of climbing. Yeah. Like, well, no, well, so 19 hours of driving, including the drive up. Mm. So, like, um, it was 48 hours altogether. But, like, the climb only started after the seven, eight hours drive up to Scotland. Ah, right. Okay, okay, okay. So, disincluding that, that would wow. be 20, like 20. Whose idea was this to do this? The Three Peaks was my idea. Why am I surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I surprised? But we were, we were looking at So, before this, we did the cycling to Portsmouth, yep. which is 420 kilometers. Um, from Stoke-on-Trent to Portsmouth, yeah, in three days. Uh, but after uh, every two years, we decided, you know what, we're going to do a challenge every two years, just so we could push the agenda that if mm-hmm. we could do it, why can't you? You know, like to every each and every individual out there, mm-hmm. if somebody sees it and thinks, oh, they did it, just a challenge. Because like us, like South Asians, we got egos. You know, like it's so easily triggered. Yeah, if yeah. I could trigger egos to, for people to do or make themselves better people. Mm-hmm. You know, why not push it? 100%. And um, so, like, um, we're like, oh, what's a challenge? You know, like, we had a choice between, like, the three peaks or, like, um, Race the Sun, which is, like, um, um, Lake District. But I, I mentioned this Yeah, to you, you told me like, about this. Uh, you said Rowan. And, yeah, 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 Rowan, which is a really cool one. We might do that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of doing it two yearly, we're going to just do a challenge yeah. every year now because people actually started showing interest and they're like, could I join the Route 66? I'm like, could you join? Like, just be positive. You could 100% yeah. join. You know, like, 100%. Good vibes. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> Why do you think it's important to like do that every year then? Do that every year? Or even every two years? Every, Why do you think that's important? Having a cycle. Mm. You know, like uh, having a consistent repeated pattern in some aspect in your life will always come back to you in a positive manner and like push your mind mm-hmm and physically mentally and emotionally make you realize that there is more to life <clears throat> there is more to life than the rat race and a lot of people are stuck in their cycles of careers yeah and they take breaks as holidays just to sit down and do nothing which really in a sense it gives them an idea of like a break 
but it doesn't give them a satisfying like emotionally or mentally physically it doesn't make them feel more satisfied yeah in that say holiday you oh i've gotten to benidorm for the weekend you know and i've indulged drinking partying and like i don't feel any better after it yeah i've got to go back to the rat race you know like yeah, 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 it's yeah. an endless cycle of not achieving anything meanwhile climbing mountains we didn't really like um, get an award or anything from it we managed to raise money for it like everything we do we are always charity like, do something with yeah. charity um because that was pushed by our team the route 66 like our team in general which pushed that like um we'll do something for charity while we're doing it because mm-hmm. the first cycling thing we were just going to do it for fun mm-hmm. we we're just going to cycle to portsmouth for fun and we were like you know what we could do it for charity while we're there yeah. you know two birds with one stone 100 percent. and uh yeah no that's um that's why like um i definitely advise people to get out and start searching for challenges you know like because yeah. everybody goes through challenges in their life yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day uh your confidence isn't if it, if your confidence is built on nothing then that's delusion if your confidence is built on proof you have from previous experiences and challenges mm-hmm. you've overcome then that's based Facts, on solid yeah. rock Very and true. that won't crumble in any adversity so that's what we need to build we need to go through challenges to make us stronger yeah yeah pretty much you see what i mean by we bounce off yeah 100% 100% it's uh i think i think similar as well i want to look back at every year and then see what have i done differently this year what have i achieved this year yeah and it's a thing where i want to get to like 90 bro and look back and and see every year doing this and doing yeah. that i don't want to get to that age and regret like not doing the three peaks or not even you know what I'm saying? And yeah, no, no. We're being in England, especially being a migrant in England, we're, yeah, we could say that, oh, we're British as much as we want, but mm-hmm. look at us, we're not. Exactly. You know? like, so we're all, our roots are in India, you know, like, um, so <laughs> with, with that comes opportunity. The yes. fact that our parents came here to this country, they came here for our opportunities. They could have survived in India, yeah. but survival wasn't enough for them, you know? So they so they decided to come to the UK and give us that opportunity, and for us to sit down and just join the join the crowd and not take the opportunity is really mm. silly if you think about it. You know, they sacrificed so much yeah. for us to be in this position, and I feel like mm. uh, Monday generation coming up right now, including us, like we just don't acknowledge how much opportunity we are, how spoiled we are, and how much like how entitled we are, like. I think we just don't make full use of the resources we have provided towards it. We're becoming just like the general population around us. Yeah. And I feel like we shouldn't settle and for that. An unpopular opinion is um, they think white privilege is bad. You haven't seen brown privilege. Yeah. Brown worse, privilege bro. is so much worse than white privilege because they think they're better. You know, like um, they think, oh, we have it all. We, we yeah. don't. We're like, they, and it, in, in a sense it makes pricks out of people you know like you mean compared to the Marellis back home we think we're better than them or do um, you think not not us specifically like mm. but there's like a certain set of people set of people yeah um it, it is also a niche mm. but like um the brown entitlement where they think yeah oh, can you explain the brown yeah entitlement? so like in in that sense i'd say like certain people which go to india and see it as a holiday not a return back home got you 
you know got yeah you know like yeah. when 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 they go over there and they think they're just better like, than the just like going to Benidorm or going to uh, mm. you know Portugal or something like that just like a just like a break from the UK is what they just see of course it's always going to be a break from the UK because you're going back to your roots yeah but people don't see it as oh my granddad grandma my uncle auntie you know they're my like, ancestors oh wow wow just wow that these guys are really different from me wow yeah, and, it, and like um the <laughs> The entitlement we were a part of uh, yeah. until we went to India. Yeah. So me and Cyril, would, like my our dad took us to India, year nine and ten. Uh, Cyril was in year nine, eight, nine and ten. Um, we I started trying to be a white guy. You know, I started trying to be that um, accustomed to the Western culture, and then only to be humble when I got to India. They don't give a shit if you're white. You know, mm. if you oh you're from the UK, we don't care. Yeah. Like who makes you? What makes you think you're better than us? No, like yeah. um, they will rinse you, man. They will humble 100%. you truly, and in a sense, it makes it like. What confuses me is when like um, people like in Indians in the UK, which turn around and start questioning why they're bringing culture from India to the UK. It, they're bringing the culture over here just because, to. Reassure the identity that you are. As an individual, otherwise their children are going to be searching for who they are, what they are, what they're meant to be all their life, and they'll never 100%. find it. You know what I mean? Until until they get plugged back into the roots that they come from, yeah, they'll never understand because they'll be in that dilemma of a circle, of that cycle, and they'll always be questioning their identity. You could see that in the West because you, if you try to be white, for example, um, you're not going to fit in with white people. No. Yeah, but when you go back India, you don't fit in with the Malayalis as well. Yeah. So you're in this neutral kind of stage where oh, you don't yeah. belong anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the NRI is constantly searching. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? It was actually like we've all fell into the Western trap in it, trying yeah. to be oh, Western, yeah. like getting tattoos yeah. or whatever. It's it's one of those things where you kind of want to be white when you when you especially when you're young and stuff, and then you actually realize like the simplicity of Kerala, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Italy and sambar, bro, for breakfast. Like, bro, <laughs> yeah. literally the simplicity, like the way my granddad lived, where my grandmother lived, simple lives. Yeah, and yet we come here, we want all of these like excessive things. When you know, I look at my grandmother; she's eighty nine years old. God rest her soul. Yeah, I mean, God rest her soul. She's not. No, she's not. I was, I was gonna say. I was yeah. like, hold up, bro. Like, bro, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, like God this, bless her. This <laughs> woman is just. I don't describe it, bro. Just you know, different. when you compare like a grandmother here compared mm. to her, just how happy she is, just how stress free she is. You know, she doesn't know the phone, she doesn't know her internet, she doesn't know anything. She doesn't need like amazing foods and all these. It's so simple, bro. Mm. Like no jewelry, no nothing. And I'm, and it makes me think like, you know, like it's so important. You're right to go back understand the culture learn the history don't be like don't forget where you came from don't oh, forget your dna you know no matter how much you try be like the white people you're never going to be them yeah you know what i'm saying that's the thing and i came to the conclusion i truly believe like in kerala we have the biggest heart yeah like i genuinely believe we have the biggest heart if you look at like even if it's uh malali between different religions and whatever yeah. obviously there's clashes and stuff yeah yeah you see a Malali coming to UK to America, bro. They are the nicest people. 
They are, we are the, literally the nicest people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just between us, we have this ego and so, but like our heart, I don't think you can really get anywhere else. No. I genuinely believe that. I, I genuinely believe that. Because it's difficult to find people like that. And it's cross cultures, everything. Like, um, South, we've, <laughs> we've been brought up to be uh, living in a humble nature by ancestral heritage. Trust general, me. You know, yeah. like, um, there's always been like the social hierarchies and like um, classes, castes, and so on. But even within there, like, there was humility was always taught. Mm. Um, it, it was like, oh, there's like all these different barangalil, like, um, we, we're taught parable, like little mini parables and like folk tales from a very young age, you know, like it's possible. My dad always says it. And like, sometimes I'm visibly confused sometimes when he yeah. just throws it at me. I'm just like, ah, sure. You know? yeah. <laughs> but like, um, it, it, it's Carolyn culture on its own, like it, it's a beauty. Like you know, it's not many countries where you could see, um, People going to a Pernar and that same people going to an Ulsamam and that same people going to like um, a like say a Christian or Muslim like uh, Pernal which comes up they they'd be with yeah. each other you know like um, say like Natalu uh, like if you have an Ulsamam in India like um, and everybody's going there for the Sadia or like um, Hindu weddings Christian weddings Muslim weddings you're invited the open arms. You know, there's yeah. no segregation. Yeah, yeah. There's a, like that's political segregation, but that's politics. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, with the people, the hate does, you can't visibly see it as much as you do in mm -hmm. the outside world. You know, the separation is just not there. Yeah. You know. I do want to like retirement. Oh yeah, go back to Kerala. Oh yeah, I oh, mean yeah. just like every NRI, bro. Literally, like <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And um. See, like, it's it's so chill to live back there. Yeah. You know, like, being a vegetarian in the UK is impossible. Mm -hmm. Well, it's well, possible. I mean, expensive. Because the taste is nice. And it's bland. It's <laughs> <laughs> bland. You know, meanwhile, being a vegetarian in India, yeah. it's heaven. Yeah. Are you vegetarian? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, I'm not yeah, vegetarian. Yeah. I was just saying, like, as an example. Yeah, you know, yeah, like sure, yeah. um, So much more easier to be a vegetarian. Yeah, like, it's more expensive to be a meat mm. eater in India than mm. it is to be... Uh, Vegetarian here is completely yeah. different. It's yeah. more yeah. expensive to become a vegetarian than it is to yeah. be a vegan, like a, a you know, yeah. omnivorous. <laughs> you were mentioning something about like, you know, I, I had this idea like you don't put a polar bear in a jungle, no. yeah, because the DNA of a polar bear is usually the cold, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, our DNA is meant to be tropical weather, tropical yeah. weather, warm weather, sunlight. Yeah. And yeah. You, even if you want proof of that, look at our. Uh, Ch ch childhood uh, eczema rates mm. so uh, we don't have uh, we have a higher eczema rate than you know white people which are naturally adjusted towards the cold whereas like yeah. the dry uh, cold air doesn't yeah. agree with us as much that's why our, most of our kids need mm. like moisturizer like uh, some kind of you know or something like that it's because you know because we're yeah. not adapted to this climate so we just make do as much as we can yeah it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, we've been obviously we're in a position where we kind of force our body to adapt yeah. to the situation. Um, For what? Like I was trying, trying to get back to the rat race. Yeah. <laughs> 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 trying to win the rat race. That's the one, man. For money. Sometimes I think um, what life would have been mm. if I didn't come to the UK. It would be hectic. It would be a struggle. 
I think that's why people need to go to India and see why our parents came yeah. over here and give, given us the opportunities that we have. Like in India, like you can have a 200 pound uh, uh, salary a month. You can live happily. But it's the adversities which come along with yeah. it. So as in like if something emergency happens, you're in that desperate position and your parents sacrificed all of like the heavenly gifts that you have in Kerala to come to the UK where they sacrificed all that just so you don't have to have feel that des- like yeah. desperate nature like when you need something you know and give you a brighter future and that's why we're like so vocal about the brown privilege thing because yeah. we know how much each parent does you know like, and and to see like even the sacrifice being made to then for us to come here for example and kind of disrespect it and just go clubbing all the time mm. or start drinking or start doing these things that are not part of like our culture no. mm. and start eating like the food that we were given started eating with knife and fork as opposed oh, to your hand yeah a big thing by yeah. the way you yeah, know 100% bro I was in Pepe's the other day and I was thinking um, I got like a chicken and they gave us a knife and fork and stuff and I was like bro this is weird and they're like this is chicken like, not even, but like yeah, you know what I'm saying for all them like we haven't beef bro you just have it oh, with your yeah, hands yeah, yeah. 100%. and I was and I was sitting there and I was thinking bro I don't know why like now dozens of people don't eat with their hands but like yeah. Yeah. this is this is what we do man you know yeah. what I'm saying so do you know like the, on that topic like one time like um, so one of the chefs um, uh, in so I worked at, well mm-hmm. I still work at like um, the Hilton Garden Inn in Stoke-on-Trent as a part-time um, mm-hmm. bartender so I'm very close with the kitchen staff and the chefs They've taught me a lot of things as well as I've taught them a lot of things about like Indian culture and Indian food. So they put that like a chicken tikka on like um, the menu like um, mm. while I was there. And I was like, oh, that's impressive. And I told them, I was like, you know, this isn't how you have curry. I'm just saying like you guys have curry wrong because yeah. like oh, the main is actually meant to be the rice, mm. not the curry. Yeah. But it's not meant to be the main is the naan yeah, and the yeah. carbs. That's the main. Not yeah. The curry itself is just meant to be a side that you yeah. dip in yeah, to yeah, have yeah. the rice or yeah, the naan, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and that's just, that's just our culture, man. And like mm. you, you will have like, say if you have an honest idea, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have like a bucket of curry and then a bit of rice to like dip that curry in. No, you don't. Yeah, you have loads of, yeah, or you like, need a lot of curries. <laughs> like a sadia. yeah exactly you need like yeah. 20 different types of curries then a little bit of rice makes sense yeah, but like, if you have one curry that's boring to eat man there's yeah, curry 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 and then rice is finished and like, and I, explained, like, I explained this to them and they were like you know what we'll redo the menu <laughs> <laughs> and that was incredible like, <laughs> but yeah no like and to be fair like it's also like expanding like your knowledge mm-hmm. and like um You know, you are like you don't understand how much your presence affects people around you. It might be microaggression, micro racism, and so on. Like where, when I used to work at Weatherspoons, I'd walk past and like people would be looking at menus, and they, as soon as I walk past, coincidentally, they're like, "Oh, I feel like a curry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, know what you're saying. And yeah. then they're like, "Oh, I wonder what made you feel like a curry." <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah, I wonder how much subconscious plays into that. Like oh. when they. You know what I'm saying? Like an idea comes in. But the thing is, like that's another thing that I've seen in this world, where like um, th- th- racism is so much of a big deal. Everybody wants to be a victim. You know, like um, I'm not saying like uh, racism doesn't exist. It mm-hmm. does. It hundred percent does exist. But you give it too much role in your life, yeah, it'll take over you. Yeah, I think coming back to the privilege part, what we said, we feel so privileged about everything that we don't actually acknowledge. We're in a foreign country. We're intruding on their like lives as well so and i cannot some 
I'm not sympathizing with racists here, but I can I can see why they feel that way. I'm not saying it's right to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. But well, you know, and I think we just puts too much emphasis on oh I'm upset because they're upset about me how dare they be upset about me i mean how who are you to say what like they think you know what i mean they're like a true re-education works yeah. yeah you could try make people understand i mean like when i say my mother's experience i worked there five years in a small rural town um in the middle of pretty much nowhere mm-hmm. and um as you would imagine being in a working in a pub and being a foreign national is not yeah, really yeah, like yeah. the most exciting experience yeah, yeah. so the people there they have a few drinks and they start being a bit more open and vocal about their opinions and their thoughts about you you know and like the first year i felt somewhat of like hatred or something but the more they started understanding me the more they started talking to me the more they started people started st- sticking up for me standing up for me mm. people started talking with me you know like people started like when someone made like a funny joke they'd be like nah that doesn't run you know yeah. that's like there's like the big guys like would sit on the round table and like get in front right in front of the bar like they they just be like you can't talk to him like that yeah they get out and, and they, they just physically stand up for me meanwhile i didn't have to do any of the standing up anymore you know meanwhile like yeah that that didn't take the responsibility of me off but if i portrayed my hate to them if i reacted in a way that i showed dislike or hatred to back to them i'm only reflecting what they threw at me mm, but yeah. if i showed them love and i showed them i'm better yes. than what you could ever possibly be with that comment yes. you made to me you it'll only make them realize that well one it injects them with guilt that they're wrong mm. in the first place but more of an understanding that oh yeah uh, well i shouldn't have really said that like yeah. it doesn't hold up i i genuinely think being in a situation i think people test you Oh, yeah. I think if you're a different color, yeah, I think the test you. Yeah. And if you react in a bad way, they will justify them. Oh yeah, I was right. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And oh, it's exactly. So, it's, it's, that's yeah. exactly how I thought you'd react as well, correct? It's so important when you get that test, for example, somebody says something like nasty to you, you control yourself and show composure. 100%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And teach them, you know, why yeah. this is and this is and like you said in the future it'll benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. And further going on to this issue, I feel like us being a in a foreign country we need to be good stewards and like representatives of our culture cuz maybe that white person yeah has only seen you as a foreign national yes and if you set a bad example uh, mm. for your culture then every other person. Per brown person that he sees after that he's going to judge them on your actions so you need to get that level of understanding so just going back to the Weatherspoon thing that he said like before we came to Chiros uh, well the uh, town we were in before like there was no white people there no not white people no brown people there we were the first brown people to move into that uh, village so people were openly racist to us like when when we started going there but yeah. since we grew up there with a big maluk community over there like people started understanding us we grew up with the people there and they started understanding oh actually they're not no, they're not that bad like they like i think people just hear everything on the media and then they build up different stigmas like they think 100%. oh this person's bad because they're coming to our country making mm. this there's taking our jobs but once you start understanding the different people so like like and understanding their perspective and thinking in their shoes yeah. it makes it, like understanding yeah. makes hatred go away you know hatred is like the lack of understanding about what's happening like so you just 
take whatever information you can get. You know, like maybe one person committed a crime and can you judge the whole thing on that? Like uh, yeah. going back to, I think uh, a good example of this is, okay, somebody plays Beethoven really badly. Do you blame Beethoven? No. No, you're playing the person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what we find is that we be- blame Beethoven too much for inventing it yeah yeah exactly so that's stupid because it's the person which is the bad actor mm. not Beethoven itself same goes with culture more we help people understand I believe less hatred there's going to be I think then that's why we should be good representatives yeah it's a very good example yeah. by the way that goes with religion and yeah politics, I was just about to say yeah like um poor Poor representatives always, you know, yeah. like um, uh, push people off their beliefs than um, people which actually want to walk away from their faith. Mm. Some people are just waiting for a reason, you know, and they will eventually walk away any- anyways. But those people which wait for that reason, it's yeah. usually the poor representatives which give them the reason. Yeah. I'm just trying to giant. Yeah, it's so true. Um, you get tarnished with the same brush. Have you heard that saying? getting tarnished with the same brush no that's no please explain if for example um somebody else before you did something nasty to white people for example they come to you with the same attitude because you're they're tarnishing you with the same they've already accepted like they've already seen somebody else yeah who's exactly the same as you and doing it um it's hard to change that actually in white people or even anyone that's against that um, change their perspective on yeah true you know what i'm saying uh, yeah you but are, you're the result of the environment that you put yourself in you know like if their environment also constitutes for their hatred mm-hmm. yeah if they're only given that brush how can they tarnish you with anything else so yeah. it's your job to give them a different brush so they take it like so they tarnish you with the same brush you say but if the brush they tarnish you with is a brush of kindness, good, mm. and lovingness that you reflect towards them. So that should be our goal, trying to give them a new perspective yeah. and show how good that you can be. So yeah. as to the next people that they go go to and judge, they judge them in a positive sense than you know, a negative light that they've been brought up to see. Yeah. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's an easy task. It's is damn hard. But hey, come on. Like, what choice do you have? If you think long term, you're gonna benefit other people, That's isn't it? it? Yeah. It's, it's for your kids, your grandchildren that you know are most likely going to grow up here. So you want to show everybody else that yeah. what your what your values are, what your culture is, every and that you're not a threat. Every prayer is a seed. Every comment that you make is also a seed. So if you say something negative, that's also a seed that you're planting in that other individual's mm. head. Regardless of what it yes. yeah. uh, message is, you could say, some, how about somebody comes up to you with aggression, show them love, yeah. see how they react. They'll be so confused. Yeah. Someone goes, you know what, do this, do that, do your whole family. Someone comes to you with hate. He said, you know what, thanks for that, man. I appreciate you. I hope yeah. you have a good day. Yeah. They'll be so confused. That's why I started handling certain people which start doing stuff like this. I showed them love. And then suddenly they're so confused because that's never how they've seen people react. You know? Give them a smile back. 
but not a smug smile, which shows more like anger and yeah, hatred, yeah, yeah. but like an actual genuine smile. Where I just said, like, I understand that you've been through something because any hatred or anger that somebody's showing is the insecurities that they're mm. reflecting from their past trauma. That's fucked. Yeah. You know? Like something's happened in their in lives. The yeah. yeah. And they're trying, or something's happened very recently and they want to get it out on someone. They want to show that hatred, anger. Yeah. That's the only way that they could, well, there's plenty of other ways of getting it out, but they see an opportunity to do it and they'll do it. They won't understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Well, until it, they do get to that understanding. It's yeah. pretty much impossible to get that out of them. I think as a man, if you learn how to control your anger, you go far in life. Isn't it? Oh, stoicism. Yeah. 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 I think you told me one recently. What is it? A man which can't. Oh, a man which is um, tied to his desires and his emotions is not mm. a man at all. Yeah. Facts. Which, which is true because if you can't control your emotions in a situation where it should be controlled, then what are you really. I think Malayalatilu uh, saying on the kayutagalim vavatavakum, which means a stone which is thrown and a word which is said can't be taken back. So, so yeah. if you can't control your temper, if you can't control your emotions, yeah, especially as a as a man, like you know, then you're setting a bad example, or like you can't take that back. If you say something to somebody, even if you say sorry for yeah. that right now. Like yeah, that's yeah, gonna yeah. be in that back of their mind. Trust me. He said yeah, this. He said yeah, that. I can't believe he said that. You know. Yeah, we've all been in a situation where somebody else maybe done that to us, and you're always kind of even if they've, you know, you always have that kind of in the back of my mind of like, you know. That's why forgiveness this has comes. happened. Facts. Yeah. And it's the Tell me about that. Uh, forgiveness is something that only the strongest can do. You could be the strongest warrior in the world, lift the greatest weights yeah. in the world, but if the weight within your spirit is going to hold you back mm. by the hatred that you carry, the only way out of that is forgiveness, letting it go. And once you do let go of yeah. it, and until you let go of it, you can never achieve peace in your mind. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. 100%. And that's a great saying. I think it's so important, bro. 100%. We do hold on to so much bitterness that yes. other people have done. And it's, there's something rewarding yeah. of saying, it's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I forgive you. And it comes back to what we were saying about pride. Mm -hmm. um, pride separates every relationship, whether it's with God. So like in Christianity, the first um, um, sin was pride. Um, Adam and Eve, um, it was pride and not only in, on earth was it the first sin it was also the first sin in heaven mm -hmm. where lucifer was sent down to the yeah the, the, separated from god through his pride and self-indulgence you know yeah. like it's also what separates fr brothers from brothers pride. like pride families from it like yeah. the unity mm -hmm. it's pride it's the self-acknowledgement well self-indulgence and mm. you know i just i that selfishness, yeah, which makes them think that it goes back to that Mike Tyson phrase, where like they think that they or somebody which is better than everybody. That's that pride carries forward and destroys relationships, and it's so normalized in this world right now, where humility is difficult to achieve mm. because people are told, "Oh no, he talks shit about you." Yeah. Tell him go do one. Yeah, that's what you're taught. Meanwhile, who turns around and tells you, oh, forgive him? True. How many people tell yeah. you? Yeah, nobody. It's hard. It's hard to forgive. It's very hard and very bitter to forgive because 
you gotta overcome the biggest like like biggest part of you which is you you've got to overcome yourself to forgive because if you're always obsessed about yourself yeah. then you won't be able to forgive so uh who was it uh the, the greek mythology about not not narcissist i think uh, it's a greek myth about the guy which fell in love with his own reflection so he was so uh, preoccupied by himself like that he couldn't do anything else so if you're preoccupied by loving just yourself self-love is really important but you should not be the only yeah. thing that you love so and that's that's ingrained into every culture like mm-hmm. just just you focus on you like even now like or we, the English culture teaches you, oh, just focus on yourself, fuck everybody else. Like, so if you're growing up in a situation like that, you're not going to care about anybody else, so why would you forgive? And yeah, as I going back to the original conversation, it's really hard to yeah. forgive, and being able to overcome yourself to forgive, it makes you a better person, and you're able to go out throughout life, you know, doing much better. Like, I mean, I'm sure every one of you which is watching right now has got family issues where, you know, your your like uncle or auntie or someone like back in India has done your parents wrong and they haven't talked in like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. 30 odd years. But really, isn't that just pride, our own pride mm. about thinking we're yeah, really yeah. somebody and like, what's the point in this? Like, they're still family at the end of the day. Like, and even if they've wronged you, should you be the one not talking to them? If anything, if they wronged you and you've done nothing wrong, then shouldn't you be the one taking the first step to go talk to them since there's nothing yeah. wrong between you? So there's, there's many, I just, that's just one uh, example. There, there's there's a thought in everybody's head. When Say, like, we've all been through situations where you've had a problem with, your fam- with a relationship, a friend, a family, um, and you think, I'm going to wait for them to talk to me. What never. if they're thinking the same thing? It never happens. And they'll never talk. And that's the separation. Yeah. And then slowly, you're in life, you're always walking. Mm. You're never stopping. Time is endless. You'll always be moving. And with time, it comes that separation. You know? Yeah. So like the longer you think, oh, I'll wait for them to talk to me, you'll start feeling numb towards that relationship. And you'll feel like you'll need it. If you look at the times where you've reconciled with a relationship, you'll see how much more of a weight that you've taken off your shoulder how much more of a satisfying feeling you get when you do yeah. turn around, oh, brother, I missed you. It's a crazy feeling, man. And like those who haven't experienced it, those who are, like, you know, holding those feelings back, turn around and I guarantee you, yeah. like if you have that one conversation, you could fix things up. Just let go of that pride and be humble about it. You could fix every yeah. relationship ever. But that goes both ways. Yeah, you can't be the only humble one, but at the same time, like if you do your side, then that's you've done your part. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it'll also show that you have that love in you, regardless. Yeah, anyone listening, you know, if you have any, you know, things you want to get off your chest, make yeah. the first move. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? You never know. What could? Because it's not gonna happen. Yeah, if you, you, know if you don't make that you, move, it's never gonna happen. You know, like and um, don't wait for something bad to happen and then regret it. You know, wondering that's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. You know that separation happens. There's so many people, not so many. There's a few individuals that I know personally, which has separated from certain friends and they couldn't say their last goodbyes, and they've come back in tears, saying, "I wish I talked to him." I'm like, 
yeah, don't we all, you know? Yeah. And like situations like that, it could so be avoided. You think people are going to be forever. They're not. They, like, Trust me. The time on this earth is very limited. Trust me. That's why you got to prepare for the next life. Trust me. You know? <laughs> Speaking of my facts here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like, you, you, because everything's moving so slowly in our physical realm, yeah, you know, yeah. you think you got all the time in the world, but yeah. uh, you don't. You, you know don't. what? I'm really um, fascinated by both views. Tell me about your childhood. How how were you raised? How was it for like? Um, what was your father like? Wow. How come you turned out to be so, I guess, your mind and your head's in the right place? I appreciate that, bro. I'll we'll take it as a compliment. And you're like, you're pretty, <laughs> both of you are like young as well, yeah. and you're very young. Yeah, we're and only one year apart. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm just like 23, 22. What yeah. happened? So what, what was your childhood like? What childhood like? pretty much like everybody else's childhood except our father taught us in a big shout out to our dad um like he taught us to live in a way that we don't forget where we came from the like that we make that very prominent because like a lot of people at, at the end of the day like i can't blame parents for this no. with all the society like all the people mm-hmm. but they do have a huge responsibility in how the child turns out up until yeah. the age of 18. They are, well, 12 to 16, they're not a conscience or like in their conscience, they're not an adult. They can't make conscience, like conscientious decisions, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, so like up until then, like they have full control and to, for their kids, you know? Some people indulge in their children as well. They forget their parental roles. My father didn't do that. Like, our dad, like, Papa was, like, really good with disciplining us. And then by discipline, it doesn't mean he beat the shit out of us. No, no. that's not what he did. He, I can count on my fingers the amount of times I was physically, like, I was hit or anything. And that's up to the age of eight. Like, yeah. that's the maximum amount of times that I was. And like, and there wasn't times where, like, um, <laughs> we were we were doing nothing. Like never disciplined us at times we weren't we were doing no, 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 things. Uh, yeah. I, we I, we deserved it. Like yeah, the certain things yeah. that we did. I tried to set the house on fire. Well, he tried to set the house it's, on fire. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a serial arsonist <laughs> <laughs> at the age of seven. I I I used to like always get into fights with this guy. You know, like uh, yeah, yeah, meanwhile. But the thing is, like um, they brought us up in a way where like we didn't live on our emotions. So what a lot of parents do is they're child starts crying and suddenly that whole consolation is for the child they give all their attention to the child and suddenly the child thinks the world revolves around them and it all starts at that young childhood you know meanwhile our dad didn't do that like we try we tried to gain our attention the young ages where like we up until three like that's the time where they children figure out if they could get yeah, the yeah. attention or not he didn't give us the attention that we asked us for as in like not in a negative way in a hundred yeah. percent positive way and where like we couldn't pull certain strings. Like, we couldn't control our parents. I yeah. think that's what we're trying to get to. Yeah, our couldn't. parents controlled not controlled our actions, but we couldn't control our parents. And I think that's very necessary because if you raise your kid to become a serial manipulator, what's he going to be when he's older? A serial manipulator, isn't he? And he's going to try and manipulate life, and life isn't going to go their way. Yeah, and what's going to happen there? They're going to get depressed. Then they're going to find other ways of becoming happier. 
And that's what I see happening in a lot. And of say, you know, like when like people go to India and they say, I don't like this, and suddenly like the in, the parents okay. don't bring their kids to India, and you just are like, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing with your life? You just give your like. My man, I'm like, why are you standing there? Like, oh, okay, calm down. Just don't just break. Yeah, you know, like it, it was. But they think it's a better idea to keep them away from it. You know, yeah, yeah. like um, the choice is very necessary. Yeah. But up until a certain age, you don't have to give your kids a choice. Like um, and that sounds a lot darker when I say it out loud. But it's the fact that our dad gave us a choice. on the minimal things but in the major things in our life like say taking us to india was a huge part yeah because like that's something not many parents could do mm. being separate from their children like not many yeah. people could do like it could have hit him the wrong way but he had full yeah. trust in he believed in us yeah that my he t- he told people that my kids they'll come back successful yeah 100% and like um, he had the confidence in us Meanwhile, these parents, the other parents, like they're showing lack of confidence in their own children that they can't do it. Mm, okay. I you think, know. Yeah. Nowadays, we say so much about we got to believe in our kids. Yeah. We with giving them so much choice, we're like, oh, we don't really believe. We're clearly showing that we don't believe in them. That's why we're giving them so much choice. Mm, interesting. You know, yeah. It's a science a study which is like quite old. I don't remember exactly how old, but even but uh, stands true to this day. Like human psychology wise, if we're given a wide variety of choices without enough information, even with the right information, if you know, let's say you go into a uh, supermarket, yeah, it's got five hundred like hundred different types of shampoo, yeah. Mm-hmm. How easy would that be to choose when if you had a choice of three or five hundred, you would be much more happier choosing between the three because. Otherwise, you'll be always doubting. Yes. Did I choose the right yeah. one? Whereas, if you have a lower amount of uh, options, you're more likely to be happier with what you chose. So, so imagine how hard that is for kids. If you're giving the kid like six hundred different choices, mm-hmm. like the kid doesn't have the right amount of information or or any kind of judgment uh, ability to call the right shots. That's why you're there as a parent, and I feel some parents just. like try to get away from that responsibility by giving the kid the choice you know like like things like oh you know more can they not in the other thing and then if you don't want to eat this yeah, don't eat this yeah. don't eat that oh yeah. my child doesn't eat chore uh he only eats pasta what know. is a malayali why isn't yeah. he eating chore give him chore you know like um because he decides not to eat it suddenly that's all they mean they they don't need to eat it anymore i mean it's even like in the food one like I'd say it's such a bad thing because we gain our vital nutrients from different types of food. You can't just pull it from just meat. You can't just pull it from just vegetables. You can't just pull it from mm. you know just you that. Like you need all different types, yeah. and a lot of food are acquired like duck, uh, fish, you pork. know, pork. Well, different types of food. It's some of them are acquired taste. You got to start eating it from childhood to actually get used to it, and not just that. A study recently done on child uh, childhood uh, allergies. So they found that kids like peanut allergies in general. So kids which were fed a peanut based diet were less likely to get allergic to it when they grow up, when compared to the people where the kids which are had a less peanut based diet. You know what I mean? So, like, if we're yeah. not keep making our kids eat a wide variety of foods. were actively damaging their future where they can't eat it mm. literally 
we're like, reducing the immunity of our own children. Yeah. And well, in India, like see see all those like like our uncles, like parents, like all of all of their generation, they seem pretty chill with whatever they eat. You don't see so many allergies in there. Yeah. We're, because, not, yeah, we're not bashing allergies, by the way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There are people which are genetically disposed to certain allergies and it is passed down throughout it and you, you literally can't do anything about that. But I mean acquired allergies. Like me and Sebin, we were allergic to prawn yeah. for, for a bit and we were like, it, it was really seriously bad, but we just microdosed our way out of it. Like we just kept exposing ourselves to it. Where our this is only a personal experience. Personal please, experience. please don't try it at home. There is no proof about this. This one, don't don't you know, do this. I kind of believe that, you know, because I, I, I used to think I was lactose intolerant and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I started adding in small amounts of milk, like normal full fat milk. Yeah. And then I realized, like, bro, I'm good. Yeah. I think it was because if I stop having milk for like a year and then suddenly have it, I get problems. Mm. Yeah, but if yeah. I was going to have it on a consistent basis, I'm good. Yeah. To be fair, like, coming back to like when you asked, like, how was our parents like? So our dad never, like, yeah. um, uh, said, if you're, if you're going to eat your food, eat your food, you either finish the plate, clean it up, or we'll put it in the fridge and you'll eat it on your next meal. Yeah. yeah. Full stop. And yeah, that was. Value a, of food was they, always They gave us, uh, like, my parents gave us a value for the food that we ate. And um, we, like, you see us go to any meal whatsoever, even a buffet. We will have the food cleared, like that plate cleared. We're, we're like most people, you know. What I mean, we don't we don't waste it, and it's not just because of the starving kids in the, po- the world of pro- poverty. Yeah, also eating that plate won't help the starving kids really. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's more or less like the fact that we should be grateful that God blessed us with this plate of food today in this house, you know. And um, talking about that, like the main reason that our dad like brought us up in a certain way, he always had us close to faith. Yeah. Like family prayer was necessary in the house every day. Every day. And like on Sunday, the Sabbath or Saturday, if we're free, yeah, we will be in church. In. We're going to church. I mean, like it's literally like even even the like the minimum requirement shown is like um what one one hour a week. Yeah. And even that, if you go one hour every day just just to church or devert it to prayer, you're looking at like just under six yeah. percent of your whole year mm-hmm. that you have to be in church. And if you put it down to like one hour per week and the minimum that's asked in general, yeah. 0.6% is all oh, it yeah. takes of your year so to just not... be close to God. And like, the, it makes it makes you question like, what? there was days where I turned around and was like, oh, can't be asked to go to church. Of my whole week, I couldn't devote an hour, yeah. you know? And it didn't make, like, it doesn't make sense to me now. Mm-hmm. And I like, but that's because I started getting a better understanding of yeah. it. You know, my thought like, our dad's been great with like keeping us close to the faith in general, but we found our own way. Bro, like, listen, I, I think the future, all of us, when we have kids and stuff, like, I think one of the biggest problems is going to be the lack of faith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And definitely. like, because a lot of people, like, our age and stuff, they're not really religious and stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know what I mean? Everyone's got their own. But I genuinely think their family life and their kids will have. Do you know that disconnect? Because faith, I think, is one of the biggest things that keeps oh, yeah. the family together, Definitely. the values and unity. Everything. And it's like, it's mad because you mentioned music earlier. Mm-hmm. The gospel music made you feel at peace. Yeah, yeah, Why are we fighting? Listen to the music that you listen mm-hmm. nowadays, the rap music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And all of these crazy lyrics and all yeah, these things. Yeah. And I've always realized myself, as soon as I'm getting stressed out or worried, the biggest 
most most of the time is because I am not putting my faith in God and yeah. I am kind of getting away yeah. from my prayers, etc. And when I come back, all that stress just goes out the window. You say an hour a week, you put that in, the biggest investment back is peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. And like, you know how you said, like, when you look away from faith and, like, suddenly you feel stressed and so on. It's like um, a, part, a significant part in the Bible where Jesus walks on water. Mm-hmm. And um, in that specific point, Peter jumps out of the boat mm-hmm. and runs to Jesus in the ocean, well, in the sea. And as soon as he looks away from Jesus, he, dr- he sinks, he drowns. Yeah, he takes note of the world around him and takes his focus away from Jesus. At what, which point mm. drops yeah. into the into ocean. the water? And what does that tell you then? So that no. that should signify to you the moment you take your eyes off God and yeah. get your gaze on the worldly possessions and worldly goods, you will sink within the worldly goods and the world that you just focused on. So if you focus on God, yeah. He won't let you sink because you're attached to God, like a lifeline. You're holding on to God. The I'm, moment you let go of your lifeline. You already know what's going to yeah. happen. So. Damn. Yeah, man. Well, that's, that's where it is, you know. <laughs> like. You mentioned when you went on the mountain, you got that um, idea in your head from, you know, you want to be a man of God, mm. spread the word of God. Um, how, is that through the podcast that you're doing that? Or is this something that... Well, not just the podcast. I wouldn't be a reflection a representative of god jesus christ um in any opportunity and every opportunity that i could possibly get that's not just the podcast like the podcast was just it was it was crazy because like um, when i started the podcast like my weekly episodes and so on um i started ending it with like um a bible quote i was like oh, i'll end it on a positive note yeah let's do a bible quote. yeah yeah and, and like i was like i don't know why i thought that but it just came to me and then eventually like um now we're going to be implementing more, like, um, say, talking about the gospel and so on with Bible, Bible-based facts, uh, more than just us talking from our knowledge, you know, like, and doing a bit more research on certain things and certain topics, political stuff and so on. Yeah. And, like, um, make people get a better understanding of, like, the ways of the church as well as the faith and living in Christ, you know. Podcast would be one way, but now, Sibin this time last year, or Cyril this time last year, wouldn't turn around. Like, if you asked me about Jesus Christ, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. He's Thumbs cool, up. man. He's a cool guy. Through. Yeah. You know, that's, that was all, all I, 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 I knew of him. Yeah. But now I could say I know him. And it's, good, it's good to see that. Yeah, man. You mentioned uh, also every year you want to set a goal achieve something new what's your mm-hmm. goal for 2024 2024 uh, we might do racism or total worry one or the other total worry what's that it's some you know the mud um run yeah. like you know like where people run through like um, yeah, muddy like yeah, obstacle yeah, course yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah basically that but like um total warrior and um tough mudder is two tough different mudder, yeah, yeah yeah tough mudder is two different things total warrior is basically like um a time thing mm-hmm. so like in this amount of time uh, you have to complete like um circuits <laughs> like meanwhile like tough mudder is like a race i think or well, one or the other it's the yeah. other way around um i think but yeah no that's that's gonna be the next um challenge it's gonna be one or the other we haven't decided yet because we decide as a team when i put the challenges up like yeah. um 
most of the time the lads are just like let's just do it whatever it is but like um we meet i come up with the ideas and the lads together make a decision which one we're gonna do you know it's not it's not just me dictatorship <laughs> like, i just say like, oh we will do this you know <laughs> well somebody has to lead though somebody has no, to oh yeah of course that. bring the idea forward gather people together 100 percent. you know 100 percent. and um that's where we met actually wasn't it um the football tournament yes of course <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about it. tell me about that uh, why do you want to host a football tournament i mean i, I just wanted to do it because i um I was like, oh, I got the Kiel is like the middle of all these different cities. It's like the heart of the UK, so yeah. um, I don't see why not. I could, I could host one. And I just pulled it together, and it was a lot easier than I imagined it to be. And um, I couldn't have done it on my own, hundred percent. God's grace won, and because like without the opportunities that I had to meet all these people, I could have never like pulled these people together. Mm-hmm. And like it was, it was from the connections that I made from there. And like the connections of the people that I know, which brought other teams in as well. Yeah. You know, without my team within um, the football tournament, I couldn't have done it. Like um, the lads which held out, the referees which held out. Like it was all like a combined team effort, which actually ended up making it successful. You know, and in that meanwhile, like Sunderland came to play as well, and that's where I, I believe I met you. Yeah, like, of course, um, yeah. On that, you know, when I came to the tournament, that's when we were talking about. Me and my brother talking about like I still have the WhatsApp messages. It yeah. was around February, February, March time, something like that. We yeah. went to start talking about um, doing a podcast together. Oh, is it? Yeah. And that's when I like I met you briefly. Oh. That's where I had a idea like, bro, I should I need to get this kid on because I didn't know he was like you're young in it, you're yeah, younger yeah, than yeah. me. And I was like, this is madness, you know. <laughs> and I think that's when I I started like messaging you about like uh, doing an event and stuff and I want to talk about that because the stuff you were saying in regards to the running and all these stuff I was thinking yeah like that could be an event bro like as in like a you know, like Puff Mod is an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as in like um, a, a challenge is an event itself. You can create your own challenge. Hundred percent. With a name behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the long term goal. Um, obviously, like we're just we're still like making our base. Like the Route 66 is now a community. Mm. It's not just um, a team of four lads which wanted to cycle to Portsmouth. Like Anson, which was the one of the lads which joined us on Three Peaks this year. Yeah. Um, he came in and was like, "Sib." Is it okay if I join you? I was like, is it okay? Oh, come in. As long as you're good vibes, we're good. Like if you, while we're climbing, the last thing we want is somebody that we have to carry emotionally Mm. up the mountain Mm. because we have our own burdens to carry up the mountain ourselves. True, true, true. Carry up that challenge, run through that challenge. If there's someone being like, I can't do it, I, I won't be able to, you know, someone dragging the yeah, whole yeah. team down. Yeah, yeah, And it's not necessary. Mm. So, like, if, if a situation comes where I could, like, if the lads could pick, oh, if he's good vibes, you will 100% be in it. So, like, we've after the three peaks, a few more people have reached out to us. Oh, we'd love to be a, a part of the next challenge. Yeah. You know? And, like, eventually we're going to have something where it would be a Route 66 challenge mm. where people could join us and be a part of a group front racing thing. Yeah, that is how you build a community, isn't it? 100%. 100%. That's what we're aiming for, you know? Like, bring people together. You know there's an epidemic of uh, loneliness now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's worse than uh, smoking, I think, uh, six packs of cigarettes a day. It's as loneliness as bad as 
smoking six packs of cigarettes a day. I get so upset when I when I I've just when I see people like when you go to restaurants and stuff or when you go like fast anywhere, you see a lot of people get food and eat by themselves. Mm. Or I saw the other day just like pulling up to there's a, a young kid just sitting behind the shop and just having food. I'm all for like obviously you go alone, go places and stuff, but why is where is his community? Where's his community? Where's yeah, his brothers? Definitely. Um tell me about it. So So uh currently I think the national statistics which just came out, I think sixty percent of uh uh teenagers growing up has feel a sense of depression due to their loneliness. And I feel not feel, but uh, there's it's because, especially after COVID, it's quite non-stigmatized mm-hmm. that, you know, just being alone because you were alone for that whole two-year period. You had to be alone. It's, it's been yeah. accelerated, yeah, the yeah, yeah. epidemic of uh, loneliness. Yeah. I think Japan and Korea uh, accept this as truth and they have a minister for loneliness. Wow, <laughs> yeah, really? So that's how bad it is. Like, and it, it, we, it's, a, it's, an, it's an invisible killer over here right now because a lot of issues stem from this lack of, community or sense of being we're we're social animals at the end of the day us as humans we're social animals and we need a sense of community to actually mm. feel loved because it before uh let's go back to like stone stone age era where if you did something bad you'd be exiled from your home like you'd feel like currently we're feeling that 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 kind of what do you say exile the stress and strain which comes from being exiled and not having a community is what our growing generation is going to feel because they don't know what they are so they've been exiled from a community that they don't even know anything about so how upsetting do you think that is like and i feel even within our uh, indian community that's why it's so important for us to connect with our roots so we know what we are and who we are and we're able to better you know yeah and, you know, like, when I was growing up, I used to, like, you know, like, Malali, associate by Rodi and stuff? Yeah. I used to, like, when I was, I used to be a kid, I used to be one of those, and think, oh, what's going to go in? And the more I got yeah. older, the more I understood. Why they, they did it for the community, for people to come together. Yeah. You know, you see your friends there, the uncles all got together and spoke to each other. If you remove all these programs, what what do you have? Yeah. People living their segregated lives. Yeah. yeah. And in complete loneliness. You form your identity. This loneliness comes from the lack of identity. Mm, yeah. Like, they don't know who they are. You know, it all goes back to that first conversation that we had. Yeah. And like, um, we'll, as an NRI, we've been unplugged from our home, our natural home, India, you know? And um, as unpatriotic as anyone is, when they come to a foreign country, they somewhat forget their roots. And they're most parents they try to raise their kids in a way that would fit the uk more or the western yeah. world yeah. more than their own or they're somewhat embarrassed you mm. know and like they show the children show this embarrassment oh i don't want to wear a, this leg i don't want to wear a munda you know that's that's so uncool you know like yeah. I'd, and like bro i'd rock a munda any day now but 12 yeah. year old me wouldn't have 12 <coughs> year old me would have been like oh munda i'd prefer skinny jeans yeah what? <laughs> but it's also our parents not like if a kid's not taught how to wear a munda then he's not going to wear a munda is he yeah. like you, you can't yeah. 
you don't teach him, he's not going to learn. Yeah, it's, 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 also, it's also like some, some people, like they try to run away from their culture. Yeah. And like the, the Western world was their escape from who they used to be in their own life. Yeah. They started feeling like they were somebody better in this life. So they create a new identity and they try to live in the identity and forget that the children need to know what their identity is. They try to live up to the identity that these guys have yeah, grown, yeah. Like this delusion that they've created, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, so the children are chasing a delusion and mm. this delusion is never going to get them anywhere because it's all just a mirage of you know, an identity. Like Muhammad Ali said this, he, he's got amazing quotes and stuff. Oh, but he yeah, said definitely. when he won like championship, he would go back to the hood or the ghetto to show black people. Yeah. Um, and um, instead of him trying to be become white, yeah, he knew he's black. Like, and he yeah. embraced that. And he said, exactly. like, he said, if I want, like, I've got all the money in the world, but I wouldn't buy a mansion and just make the black people pick. I would join them, yeah. but also have the mansion. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm exactly. saying. Show them that they can Listen, be someone. I think we, as an hour, whatever, we should be excelling. Yeah. We should be excelling with with the way we're raised yeah. and our heart and our passion. We should excel. Exactly. You, you, like if, trying to be average while yeah. doing what we do is almost like embarrassing. Exactly. Yeah, Literally, it's embarrassing. Your parents yeah. did their part in being average. Yeah. Why do you need to live up to the average? Exactly. Life? Yeah. And I don't know. It's a. Uh, it kind of motivates you more. Like you should Definitely. be wanting to do something even more, yeah. as opposed to like settling exactly because you know for a fact you're different like as in yeah. where are my from yeah you came from a loving family you know with parents which supported you yeah you got and everything you got all the resources to back you to yeah. do whatever you want and need exactly like that's more than i like 50 percent of the english population mm. and yet they excel you know even with coming from a broken background like people excel so what's your excuse mm. to say that you can't you can't do that Trust me. What's your excuse? What I said earlier, where I said like um, our parents did their part in being average. By average, I mean British standard average, isn't like being just a middle class or lower middle class families. Like meanwhile, they did a massive jump. They 100%, took a leap of faith 100%. into a foreign country that they don't even know the language properly of. Like uh, most of our parents, like most of our parents are nurses. Malayali specifically, yeah. most of our parents are nurses, and our, our dads um, came on the dependent visa just like we did. And they barely have a clue of the language. And so they they had to, like, our mom's... Proper risk it. Yeah. Proper risk They it. definitely risked it. Meanwhile, like, if they made that massive jump, why can't we take another jump? Massive jump. Massive yeah. jump as Facts. well. Yeah. And... Uh, what have we got to lose? Exactly. exactly. Like, whatever we lose, we will not be homeless yeah. because our parents provide it with it. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, they've got a home and it's a culture that's been brought up in Western the Western world where um, the family needs to... Like, oh, after you're 18, you need to leave your house. That's yeah. not what, how it works in India. Yeah. You know, like, you could live with your That's parents. You know, like, bro. you live in the same house. And for what? If you've got four kids, each get a mortgage each and get yeah. out. And What's it, the point? You know, I always think it's much better. Everyone pulling yeah. their money together, big, together. A big house, bro. Let everyone live together, bro. Bro, bro. have you seen Punjabi families? Bro. Or, like, um, yeah, like uh, Pakistani yeah. families? Yeah, yeah. Bro, like, North Indian families, they do it perfectly. Because, like, like I, I don't know, like, um, so, like, one of my friends, like, that. Like this is very common in a lot of families. Like um, so one of my mates, he's um, from Pakistan, and like uh, he his brother owns like an SQ8, yeah, and like he always whips around in the SQ8. His like one of his like brother-in-laws, same house, yeah, like he pays for the mortgage. 
Yeah. You know? And meanwhile, like everybody's doing their part in the family. And like, I'm just like, what? That's so much a better way of living yeah. than uh, trying to do it all yourself. This all comes back to the the selfish nature that certain people 100%. are brought up with this in this world. Where like they think, oh, if I do it myself, I'll be more successful. Mm. They just want the prize at the end. Where like, oh, I did it myself though. You know? Pride. Going pride, back to pride. pride. Yeah. Yes, sir. You humble yourself. And what's more important than family? Like, exactly. I think we lose yeah. lose touch with that. Like, yeah. we don't prioritize our family enough. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, you, like, our society teaches us, oh, yeah, you go do you. You go become big. It yeah. doesn't matter. You don't have to look after your parents. Mm. Yeah, we'll just move them into a care home or something. Like, anything in order to advance your career. That's what we were taught. But at the end of it, when you're looking back on your life, what have you actually gained yeah. if you've had to sacrifice family your culture and you know whatever which should have been important to you i truly believe if i do really well in life and if my like my brother should get each better like we we do it if i grow they grow if my brother grows i grow exactly it should always be like that like if i something like if i get something everyone benefits yeah if if my mom gets something we all benefit it should never be oh they got it if i benefit you know that that's a dilemma that's that's how that's a lie bro it's a lie that's been taught by because the banks benefit if each person gets a car if each person gets a mortgage everyone living separate lives they benefit exactly more tax more more council tax more everything yeah Yeah. they don't want they want separation i guess this government wants separation it's easier to control people separated of course bro yeah a stick's easy to break a stack of sticks is not easy enough there you go there you go you know i think a bible quote uh Two, a, bro, a person standing alone can be attacked from the back, but two brothers standing back to back can cover all angles. You know? There you go, bro. Exactly. There you go. Damn. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Like, as long as you understand that the, you've been placed on this world, yeah, you came out alone and you'll leave alone. But yeah. in your life, that gap between that coming and leaving, you got a whole time with people all around you. Yeah. Make the most of it. Connect to people. Talk to people. Become a part of a community. You know, like and some like say like um a lot of like the Western world like it pushes agendas of like communities which um push like a lot of agendas in terms of like making them feel like they found their identity by losing their identity. Say people which suffer with um, gender dysmorphia and so on. You know, it's a very sensitive topic, but at the end of the day, like when, if you're, if you believe that you're, um, uh, what, by birth, you're a man and you believe that you're a woman, why do you have to push hormones into that person's body to make them more of a woman? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense. Like, can these hormones test it? Nope. I mean, Not they enough. weren't even made for that reason. Puberty blockers and stuff like that were made for the intention of like girls, which hit puberty too early and their bodies can't handle it and that's what it was actually tested on initially but it's just grown into something where it's not even like properly evidence-based it's just, it's just a makeshift uh ish like what do you say solution but it's a very sensitive topic with a lot of a lot of nuances that it's actually you know it's it's a tough topic to actually discuss about mm-hmm. 
I think it's very simple. There's two genders. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, that. that <laughs> bro. It's, it's, it's the yeah. parent. You mentioned earlier with the shampoos and the th- you get three choices. Yeah, yeah. People give, parents exactly. give too much choices, bro. Yeah. They yeah, allow yeah, too yeah. much bullshit. What the hell do you know when you're 10 years old? Bro? Exactly. 100%. You're talking about, like, oh, I feel like, what do you know, bro? You don't know jack shit. Exactly. Even when you're 18, bro, you still yeah. have doubt in, like, yeah, exactly. who you are. You still, you don't know shit, bro. Yeah. Even now, I don't, I don't yeah. know shit. But like, if you're eight, 10 years old and, you, and your kid's saying, oh, I feel like this, he's just going to be like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you, yeah. st- are you dumb, bro? Like, <laughs> he's 10 years old. Like, Yeah, it's not even supporting your child at that point. You're actively harming them. Literally, bro. Yeah. And just, that's why in Texas now, it's, uh, there's, uh, they put up rules where it's like, they need to go under thorough, like psychological analysis to mm. make sure that it's not like, an agenda pushed on the kid you know and see what's the past trauma which is causing them to think this way yeah. and i genuinely feel it's a lack of community like as seven said like people lack community so they find try to find community doing whatever they can like even if that's trying to change a biological fact that is already there they don't mind doing that if that means they can find community and, um, and i feel i really do feel for them it must be so hard for them. This is no. This is something that's not talked about enough as well. Where like um, being part of community is amazing, and it's hundred percent should be pushed. But there's certain aspects where like people within the community, poor representatives, as we already talked about, will isolate certain people from certain communities, and that isolation pushes them away from their identity. You know, and that small isolation could lead them to hate that community that they were meant to be a part of. And all they needed, that certain individual, certain group of people needed to do was pull back and understand what they did, which was push that person away. And now that person's even more lost thinking, that was my only way in, you know. Mm. And suddenly this person's going to be lo- like looking all over the world for their identity. Meanwhile, it was always yeah. there. But, you know, like, um, it, yeah, it's another point of fact where they need to understand that a community is not just one person or a group of people like that these specific group of people communities everybody in that little group or a bundle of people you know um there's always more people to talk about in certain communities you know when they feel exiled you know and um yeah that that's that's another thing which is pretty odd but a lot of people have experienced you know and um but that doesn't give them reason to push it away they could always try again but if they think all their doorways are closed and they only see one door open like say social media opens up this whole community of four people to think oh there's more of us out there where it's actually a very small percentage of the population of the world yeah which actually thinks that they make it seem like it's a much bigger Group of people. Which you mean th- all of them people could have been prevented if a community acted better, or they oh. could have been a bit more accepting before they made a choice to fully like transition or fully like get into that lost mm. period. I I think these people. I don't think I, I don't blame them. I I blame I blame the fact that like there's a lack of like the parents or there's there's a lack of somebody Something. to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Obviously, it's, I'm not going to say, oh, it's entirely not their fault, but there could have been that, that could have been prevented. Yeah, of course. But that's why I said this is a very hard topic to handle because it's not just one thing that might cause people to be like this. 
like there's different things it could be childhood trauma it could be a developmental issue or things like that like they that they think this way and that's why really good like psychological analysis and actually talking to a good therapist with issues like this because I feel sorry for them because they must be going through so much because as a person which doesn't feel that confusion I am at so much peace and I feel sorry that they don't have that sense of what do you say belonging to even their own gender that they feel that way I feel so much compassion towards them because it must be so hard for them but at the end of the day if we accept that there's only two genders it avoids so much confusion for them as well. Exactly. As to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and even now, like, you know, even being more feminine or like as a man be doing more feminine things, like what's, what's the issue? As long as, you know, you're not saying that you, you're not saying something false, you know, you're not saying I'm a woman, no matter what you say, you're still going to have this many X chromosomes. You're still going to have a Y chromosome. You know, you, that's going to be a biological difference. Like, which is there down to your cells. Like, you know, so... If you I, die today, yeah, and someone digs you up in 20 years' time, or hundred thousands of years' time, they'll see the shape of your bones, and they'll assume from... Our skeletal structures even completely different. Our hip sizes are different. Man, woman. You know, like, they'll look at it, and that's a woman. That's a yeah. man. From you the know, skeleton. Yeah. From the yeah. skeleton. And all we can do is put a scripture there saying, how dare you assume my gender or something. (laughs) 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 Yeah, isn't it? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised, you know. (laughs) (laughs) On the grave, she slash them. (laughs) But it's funny, like, um, the um, involvement of, um, if you're talking on a spiritual level, the involvement of... uh, Satan and confusing and separation and l- making people lose their identity and um, lose their um, final days. Yeah. Oh, mm. final days has been happening for a very long time. Final days have been happening for from since scriptures came through. You know, like everybody like always pulls the parts of the Bible and like um, thinks, oh, final days. You know, it's if you think about it, it's every day is your final day. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know There's the hour one. nor the day the Lord has come. So. Even Jesus didn't know the hour or the day. So it's uh, yeah. yeah the, the, like, like I say, the, the, the we could go into what, what various different amount of tangents from this specific yeah. um, point. Uh, but like the like a lot of people talk about the rapture. Like the, um, the revelations where it says, oh, the end times are coming, this, that, the other. It possibly could be. We don't know. Yeah. It, it might even be. But there's there's a specific list of things which will happen in a coincidental amount of time. And, you know, more people will be called to God yeah. at that specific point. Yeah, yeah, so it's not to us to assume the day no. nor the hour because we do not have the power that God has. To choose the hour or day, of course, you know. Yeah, so but it is. It, you should live like it's your last day every day. You should live your life to the fullest, because you know, like as I said, you don't know the hour nor the day nor the yeah. minute that you, you may be called. One up. day you could be like ah, and it's done. You don't want to start from the dark and yeah. you know. And, and all it takes. Yeah, I is, wish I did stuff. Oh no, like um, <laughs> one of the you know, like one of us. Well, my when the last year, like that spiritual transition point where I turned around and um. <laughs> I asked like 
would I rather stand with God and be judged by the world or stand with the world and be judged by God? And I was like, well, that's a very silly question. I'm like, wow, okay. I know what I'm doing now. I made that decision from that point. Right? Never am I going to be worried about the world anymore. As the world is only temporary. Every person, every everything you see on the news right now, it's only temporary. Mm-hmm. There's a series of time where it'll just turn around and you'll look back and be like, that's history. Yeah. You know? There's certain things, events, which seem like it's the end of the world. It yeah. comes to your focus as well. Say so negativity, evil, negativity. It's all your focus. It, you, you think it's much bigger than it actually is. You know? Say if I tell you, what do you see here? Pool of water. Really? Is that is that what you see? Well, what if I tell the question I asked you mm-hmm. was what do you see here? And you chose to focus on the water bottle, but the question was, What do you see here? You have me, you have Cyril, you have the oh, small yeah. table. Yeah, you know? yeah, okay, but sometimes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, but like um when it comes to negativity, everybody has the focus on that mm. negative point. And it's so minute in comparison to everything around you. And just like that, like um, you got so much opportunities. Look at everything in a positive manner. There's so much better things happening. This negativity is something so small; mm. it shouldn't even be bothering you. Yeah. But it's all dependent on your focus as to that negativity. Yeah. You put so much more focus on it, you suddenly become more stressed. Suddenly yeah. become more worried. You know, and yeah, it's just something that I don't know why I went into that tangent. No, no, it's no, crazy how once you like get into that mindset and like. It's so hard to get out. Yeah, you're like now you're in that well. Some more bad stuff, and it's like you're driving a car and it starts to rain. Now you're thinking about the rain, right? And it's like bring you down. And now um, there's gonna be all the bad stuff that can happen as a result. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could have nearly gotten a car crash, or you could have played now depressing music. Next thing you know, you're in a completely different. It's a cascade. Because it all started from you getting the rain getting the better of you. You know what I'm saying? It could be a small thing that could just trigger it. It's like like building a snowman. You don't build a snowman by just getting a big block of, uh, you know, like snow and just putting it together. You start with a small snowball and you just roll it bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what happens with everything else. Like, it's just a cascading effect where you start with something small and it just gets bigger. And us as humans are really good at doing that. Our scientific advancements, if you look at it, we build on top of each other's discoveries to get to different points. So we built the wheel, then we attached four wheels onto a car, and and then we attached an engine onto that car. So just like that, us as humans are really good at cascading things and building on top of things which happen. So that goes with negativity as well. Mm -hmm. If you build up on negativity, so okay, something bad happened now, you're only going to be focused on that negativity. And that's why I think religion is so important. Yeah, yeah, you were saying. Oh, yeah, uh, because religion helps you take that sense of self away for a bit and actually sense like get your sense onto something bigger and seeing from the bigger picture and seeing oh that's just a negativity ball over there i've got an even bigger point where i can look up and god will be able to guide you in a path where you'll be able to just stop and throw away that negativity ball yeah focus on yeah other things which matter to you so yeah. much more. Uh, i always think in time i get in that place i feel like God wants me to go through this. Oh yeah. There's something that I have to learn from this. There's something that I have to there's something that's missing in my life that God's saying you need to go through this. Because mm-hmm. at the moment I need I need to teach you something. 
Mm-hmm. And that could be that ray and that could be something bad that's going to happen to our lives in the future. But, but it's still like make you teach, like yeah. literally teach you something. So there's a very good correlation with that in um, the book of um, uh, Daniel, where like um, Nebuchadnezzar was um, the king of Babylon at the time. And um, he, if you didn't worship his statue, you were sent into, um, well, damnation they they burned you alive basically so these three individuals which praised god uh the almighty chose not to bow down or worship this statue so when that was said um he, people reported them and then they were thrown into the furnace of fire and in the furnace of fire when these three were thrown in a fourth person appeared within the fire and saved them and they came out of the fire completely free so this, that clothes didn't even smell of smoke. Yeah. So if that shows you that God will not save you from the furnace, but they'll he'll make you go through the furnace scout free. You know? Like but, which is way you. more powerful than saving you. God, if they wanted to in that situation, he could have taken them with his angels and mm-hmm. flew them somewhere else. But no, that adversity and testing their ability wouldn't have happened and King Nebuchadnezzar would not have seen the greatness of God if God did that. And it makes me think as well, even that king was made for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. To test the believers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even these demonic time that we're, we're in, yeah. I think it's all a test to see whether That's you good. fold. Yes. 100%. Like genuinely. The closer you get to your faith, the closer you get to God, the more you're tested. Yeah. And God isn't the one which tests you. No. 100%. God's, God's put all his gamble, all his money on you. If you're putting it in a casino situation, all his money's on you. He believes that you will turn to him, you know? Just like that. But meanwhile, devil's the one that tests you. The biggest lie told to man is God tests you. Yeah. That's what pushes people I think people we believe it. that way too much. We give, we say, oh, why, do, why, do, why would God give little kids cancer? And we need to realize that we chose this path when, or, uh, when Adam and Eve chose to eat from the tree of knowledge we chose to come onto the earth and give the devil power to test us and god's help us to actually not help us but he gives us every weapon to use against the devil we're not unprepared and we're just unprepared we're not unequipped to handle situations you know and if we think about it in through that light where it's the devils which are testing you and god's there giving you everything giving you everything you need to overcome this but the moment you quit when you stop trying that's that's when you lose so yeah damn <laughs> i enjoy this talking honestly yeah it's like uh, makes me happy to see other people still you know talking about god and uh, i always tell you this when we oh, yeah, spoke this week on the phone it's um makes me feel good makes me feel at peace and um you're still alive i mean World Youth Day actually woke me up as to how alive the church is. The media doesn't portray the church very well at all whatsoever. They try to avoid portraying the church at all in a positive manner. It makes you think there's something behind it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but like um, when we went there, just close to a million people were there in youth. Wow. At the ages of well, up to 23 and way over, was just there. And coming together as a community of God. And like, that's the biggest I've seen the church in my life. Close to a million people. I was just like, maybe more, like registered 700,000 people. 
registered and the other 300,000 plus were definitely there but it was amazing and it woke me up I was like yeah I've not seen this on social media I've not seen a, a well your social media is completely in your control the algorithm that you have is purely your choice you could change the algorithm so like when people say mindlessly scrolling you can mindfully scroll and doom scrolling is also a thing when you start mindfully scrolling when you get educational you change your algorithm to uh, educational scrolling but then suddenly you're just endlessly scrolling but make sure you take into account what you're watching what you're listening to make sure what you're listening to so if you watch a video somebody's turning a rock into a dam waiting for the noise of the rock bouncing you're wasting your time mm. those precious 15 seconds you gotta learn something with a, a factual video or something which would teach you about your faith your religion yeah. your like lifestyle into the world or yeah. whatever career you're going into you know there's so many of that the social media is a weapon but people don't use it to their advantages mm, yeah and, nice. and if a gun is used wrong it could be a weapon of destruction you know and just like that same with social media yeah if it's used wrong well i think it's used wrong as much as it possibly can be because most people don't take into account what it's doing to themselves i mean some people just lack an understanding of what it is but if you understand what's going on and you continue to go along with it and you're not trying to change yourself then whatever happens on, is on you really you know if you know our life is in our control yeah the moment you let something else take control of your life mm-hmm. then you've you've not lost you've not lost you've let go for that period of time you could always come back you could always stand up after you fall you know it's the fact that you keep getting back up yeah say with anything like difficult challenges in life as long as you get back up don't ever sit down yeah once you sit down you start getting dragged because the wheel of time will always keep pulling you once that drag happens that's when people spiral into situations that they don't want to be in as long as you're on your two feet you'll always be walking with the wheel of time yeah the perpetual treadmill always goes forward if you stop you'll fall i I recommend everybody to just try and stop on a treadmill see what happens (laughs) (laughs) but that's basically how life is isn't it like life will keep moving on if you stop you're just going to keep falling and rolling around while life moves forward for the moment you choose to get up and fight and run yeah. at the same pace of life, like, what do you say? Uh, if you put a treadmill on high speed and you go at a normal speed, you're going to keep falling back. But if you chose choose to move at a pace which is faster than life, you can get to the controls and control how fast life is going if you match the pace of life. It's a bit complex. But <laughs> I, sorry about that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of get yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But uh, do you want to end it there? Is there anything yeah. else you want to speak about? Seems pretty cool, bro. Like we could talk for hours. That's I know. Our problem, I know. know? I know. <laughs> this will be continuing. <laughs> <on point>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on, boys. Honestly, yeah, course, really bro. I mean, it. like I've been looking forward to this session for yeah, a very long cool. time. Like I've been inspired by you guys when I started my podcast. Like it was Coconut Talks and the Lazy Talk at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, that. Those two things, those two podcasts was the things which pushed me to think, there's Malayali's doing this. I can do this. And that's what pushed me to do my podcast as well. And I'm internally grateful to you and Akil and um, also Alan like for opening the opportunity of the gates where I saw that I had this opportunity yeah. to use. Or if I didn't see you guys do it, I'd just think, 
oh, you need money to, like, you need, well, I'm not saying you didn't invest money in it, as in, I mean, like, you need somebody to fund you, like, big, big money to mm, do something yeah. like this. It takes, but what you really do need is an immense amount of courage to start something like this, because you're airing your opinion to the world, and regardless of if it's positive, I've only seen positive from your <laughs> episodes, but... Um, regardless of what opinion you put out there, it's always you stand on that opinion. You know what I mean? It's not just that it's not loosely put out there where like there's some podcasts out there which people just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's more like, I don't know. It's, meanwhile, these podcasts, it's all, I know this is what I believe. You know, it's never a 50-50. It's more absolutes. Yeah. We don't do if, buts, yeah. or maybes, just absolutes, you know? And that's great. And um uh, Hope you guys are the very best. Um, likewise, I, bro. Likewise. I, I wish I, I wish I could could have also been here, but maybe in the future with you Inshallah, guys, you can join time, us on our podcast, yeah. and uh, that would be incredible. You know, um, that's my invitation to you to <laughs> come down to the south. Yeah, when of you course. Do have time. We'll come down. We'll come down. Um, but I think Alan was the first one that did it, innit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one that did it. He was the first one. Pioneer. Yeah, he was the pioneer. Shout out to Alan. Hundred percent. Shout out to Alan. Yeah, you know what you mentioned earlier that all like other Malayalis are doing it, and I know it's cliche, but I think we've got to think bigger than that. Oh, hundred percent. Because I think we limit ourselves as well sometimes. Yeah. We like, for example, if like the most successful Malay, let's say uh, Yusuf, what's what's his name? Yusuf Ali. Yusuf Ali, right? Lulu. You want to do the smart guy, right? Yeah. And let's say we we put that as a kind of like that's our goal. You know, we want to be yeah. like him. After you get there. You're just gonna like park your bus and just be ah. Oh, oh, no, you're used to highly attained. I think we should be competing, like thinking bigger, way yeah. bigger, um, genuinely. You know, because th- yeah. we can do anything you actually want. Yeah. But if we say like, oh, you even Jiro, I can do it. Nah, bro, think, think bigger, bro. Yeah. Think like it's it's funny because like um because I've, I've presented like my business ideas to my parents and so on, like and my future plans with money and so on. And like um, I use Yusuf Ali as an example, and like now they they just like they always say like oh, Yusuf Ali. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like I'm trying to be better than him, but I don't call me Yusuf Ali. And like my cousin as well, like he he call, he calls me Yusuf Ali here and there. I'm just like come on, I'm not there. I will I want to be better than yeah. like um, he's a great role model. Trust me. But like in so terms of like Indian role be. models, I'll definitely put Ratan Tata up there. Yeah, yeah. As trust um, me, yeah. One of the greatest uh, pioneers, yeah. businessmen in the world, yeah. in the world, ethical businessmen. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. Yeah. My guy sacrificed a visit to Barack Obama, was it, yeah. T- for his dog's funeral? No, he was ill. Was oh yeah, Ill, yeah. So, so his old. dog was yeah. ill, and he said, "I'm no, not with the queen." The meeting. With oh the queen. yeah, the meeting with the yeah. queen. It's like, uh, you go as a representative for me, like, yeah. you, know, you got to have your priorities straight, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. He doesn't have a family of his own. No, no. like he doesn't have children. His, uh, I think it's his. Uh, nephew, which will be taken. Uh, like, um, Tata yeah. So he's yeah. a pandas. Yeah, like I said, we're just going to go back on the yeah. tangents. But That's as you were saying, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Like to me, yeah, it's... um. I think uh, it was like grandfather started, didn't it? Yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, ooh, the Tatas have been big for a while. Uh, they started with a bottling business. Uh, so bottling like... Uh, I, I think it was uh, pop and then moved to steel mills and cascaded down from there to cause to cause i think 
Yeah, Tata Automobiles. That's after, I'm pretty sure after. The, they had cotton mills and stuff like that before that as well. So they they, was, they were, it was I, a long line of heritage. They were part, they were in. I mean, they're, they're Farsis. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know about Fars, Farsis? From Iran? Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're tra- travelers which came from Iran. So merchants which came from Iran and uh, settled. settled in India. Yeah. But they do something like, they, they, they're involved in a lot of businesses. If you don't know, uh, Starbucks India is their 50-50 partners with Starbucks yeah. in India. So. Bro, isn't it crazy? Jaguar and Land Rover. Every time oh, I see yeah. a Range Tatley, Rover. Tatley, guys, is Tata. Every time I see a Range Rover, that's owned by an Indian company. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's, that's power, they, bro. Air we India, went from like being conquered to like becoming the fourth uh, yeah. biggest economy in the world. Yeah. yeah. UK is number five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in a space of what? We got independence in 1945. Just over yeah. 75 years. And so 75 years, the economy we are, num- we've overtook UK. I mean, that is insane. Yeah. I mean, that's the work ethic in our blood. India was, like, a, India was a perfect nation for generations on generations. Yeah. India is one of the only countries which has never attacked another country. Why? Because we're happy with our land. Mm. You know? Yeah. Biggest like, heart. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, man. That, that's where heart comes in as well. But like, um, we're, we're just satisfied with our lives. We're just like, we're okay yeah. with this. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not we don't need to steal all the people. We had so many years of prosperity. Like, uh, true, there was infighting between us, like between the different like, yeah, yeah, religions and stuff. Yeah, but countries and stuff like that. We're but still, bro, in 75 years to be number four. Yeah. Ah, bro, that's, man, that's mad, bro. impressive, isn't it? Without conquering or trying to invade countries. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that's where the money is. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's what Putin's after, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, man. It makes me proud. It makes me, uh, when I, I didn't even realize, bro, I didn't realize the number four. I was, yeah, no, that, that's only one of the sm- one of the very minor details in um, in which India's soaring in terms of like um, the world statistics. Economy, you know, yeah. Silicon Valley, Bangalore, you know. Um, oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah it's mean, it's it's been it's been India's Silicon Valley for a very long time. Yeah, but um, Bang- Bangalore, well. In the politics of India, like um, the like Modi desperately tries to get the South India where all the all the money's at. Technically speaking, like the big companies come to Karnataka, Tamil Nadu. Apple's just got opened a warehouse in Tamil Nadu. Yeah, 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 yeah. and um, so like Kerala, all like the whole of the South India has where the money's at. Yeah, so money. like foreign money comes in. By them, yeah, I think sixty percent of all uh, expat like money which comes in comes to Kerala. What? Sixty percent of foreign exchange uh, like uh, remittances comes straight to Kerala. Whoa, that's seriously? that's how many of us are expats outside. So yeah, like so we've just got like really big spending power. That's why our biggest uh, uh, tax is our say like. Uh, general like what do you say consumer tax so as in like each food and products like that vat that's why it's higher than most other places because that's the best way to extract it because nobody's living there really permanently and so income tax isn't really a viable option so you can only tax the products but yeah we're going on to another tangent thing on that there's a lot bro For me, well, like in this beautiful country man it's uh, like you could travel all over india and you won't see all of it in your lifetime you know, just like you could travel, you could go to every restaurant in London, every meal of the day, and you still won't yeah. like go through every restaurant in London. But just like that, like it's it's just amazing. Every time we go, we're just like, oh wow, you know, that's the same. Don't worry, he's, he's always like this. <laughs> I don't you think like next fifty years, bro? You know, 
Oh yeah, big things, big things. Hundred percent. That's why you need to keep your access back to India. There's more of You know, yeah, hundred percent, bro. Like, because the people are going to be moving from here over there to work with them. I believe that. Eventually, like, um, the value of the Indian rupee is questionable, and we you can't exactly see it go challenge anyone yet. But you know, like the rise of the um, BRICS and so on, and like um, there's an active threat to the US dollar. Well, if let's say currency like GDP is high at the moment, if that comes down, wouldn't then another currency go up? Well, th- that would also mean the collapse of the US dollar. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if the GDP goes down, or you yeah. can mm, GD, GDP mean gross domestic produce. Just a pound in it? Oh, the GBP. Oh, sorry, GBP. No, actually, it's more nuanced. It's, it's more complex than that, to be fair. It's not just... So, technically, our value is based on how much export versus import we do. If we import more stuff than and ex- export less stuff, then our currency could be lower, potentially would be lower than the other one where you're exporting to because uh-huh. they don't want your currency as much but you want their currency Got, yeah. so you yeah. exchange for a lower rate but it can also be artificially inflated like china so you can so china has like i think 200 billion us dollars in reserve so they just take from us but they artificially inflate their currency whereas it becomes less valuable so america can buy their products because it's cheaper to buy from china in that way and they can just stock up all that money so as to so it, it, there's a lot of things you can do it's a very it's you know like that's why forex trading is quite complex because you need to know what's happening yeah. at what time so china keeps their like money low in value on purpose like currently so to make Makes sense money. but we'll finish with that because we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going on tangents again yeah, uh, very proud of you bro of course man thanks man and yourself, bro. Check out cool. Emperor's Blood. Uh, Emperor's Speech. Emperor's, Emperor's Speech, Speech, sorry. Podcast. Emperor's Blood. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that's my Instagram tag, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there is, there is. Sorry, bro. Sorry. No, 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 no. You, you didn't say anything wrong. It, even if you check out Emperor's Blood, there's always the links to the Emperor's Speech go, and so you on, go. you know. Like, uh, it's great. Emperor's but yeah, I appreciate that, man. appreciate it today. Thank you very much. But uh, thanks for coming on, lads. If you can like and subscribe, I appreciate it. And uh, peace. See you in the next one. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> that's a wrap.